Welcome, we're the Grounded Space Cadets. We can get low spacey, but our feet are firmly planted on the ground. Join us as we navigate all things spiritual, psychological, and astrological. Okay, space babies, suits on, all systems go. Hello, everyone. It's been a minute. Hello, space babies. Welcome back to the Grounded Space Cadets podcast. We're here, finally. Hi, Brittany. (laughs) (laughs) We've been on a little bit of a hiatus. Unintentional Um, hiatus. Yeah, unintentional hiatus. The energy of the last month or so has just been kind of hectic and off the walls for us. And not just that, uh, sickness surrounded mm-hmm, mm-hmm, our energy, mm-hmm. both of us. Mm-hmm. We got sick at different times. Our voices weren't quite where they needed to be. And we weren't truly feeling the energy to also exp- uh, uh, put in additional energy how we both like into our podcast. Right. It was it was feeling very Wah, wah. It was feeling very yeah. like afterthought, and I didn't want to put anything out that felt like an afterthought because that's not what we're about. We want to really connect with you all. We really want to deliver a message that's going to transcend a little bit of what you're already hearing out there. And I don't think we either one of us were in the headspace. You had grad school finishing mm-hmm. up. Or the um, semester, yeah. I started working full-time again and more than full-time. Um, and like I said, our bodies were very much overwhelmed. Our physical energy was depleted. Mm-hmm. And we just didn't quite feel like you guys deserved that message. And we yeah. wanted to do something better. So we wa- we decided to give us ourselves some time to recover, to regenerate, mm-hmm. and to really come back to a space of us feeling intentional about the message that we want to deliver to you all. So here we are. We're back again. I'm so excited. Yeah, we're going to wrap up Buddhism today with um, a focus on right concentration, otherwise known as right mindfulness and right meditation. And And how beautiful the fact that we ended with the Eightfold Path on our previous uh, part two of Buddhism miniseries. And quite honestly, as we prepared and prepared and prepared for this episode that we kept having to push back... I found it so beneficial because of everything else that was surrounding me, the energetics, everything that was shifting, the changes, the cycles coming to close. Right. I really felt like I needed that downtime for myself. So I'm very glad that we both coincidentally came to like this beautiful energetics of like, yeah, we're just going to take our time. We're just going to put it off until next week because it doesn't feel right this week. And we during this time that we haven't been recording i mean there's been a lot going on in the sky we had eclipse season two eclipses during this time and we had mercury retrograde like energetically it was just not a really great time to record and as marcella Mm -hmm. said like we needed time to kind of integrate some lessons we had been learning separately Mm -hmm. um, individually and a lot has changed in my life over the month in unforeseen ways. And I think same for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and utilizing meditation, the, the tool that to me I've, I've learned and I've, I know I've adapted from various practices. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of meditation, that it's not just one thing. Right. Um, the beauty of meditation is that it's so unique to the individual. Mm-hmm. And I have finally found a beautiful... Uh, symbiotic relationship with meditation where the way that I've established my practice works for me and I know it's just for me and it might not work for someone else but I know it comes from very simple fundamentals and that's what we're going to do today is is provide those very simple fundamentals of meditation to hopefully inspire you to get started with it Um, and hopefully we bring to light a new perspective a new take on meditation that you maybe have not considered before and maybe it's the reason that you haven't tried it right because it's too cliche it's too uh commercial it's too maybe it's too eastern for you yeah some people might have some concerns with practicing an eastern medicate or medication a meditation um because there's this concept of like emptiness in um, Buddhist meditation, and we incorrectly interpret that mm-hmm. word emptiness. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so it has a very specific meaning in Buddhism. Intentions. It's, it's related to the fact that like we aren't independent. There's this um, construct called dependent origination in Buddhism, meaning that um, basically everything's socially constructed, right? We don't exist in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. There is, there's the non-self. There's, we're not individuals, right? Like we are individuals to some extent, but we all rely on each other. We're all in relation with everything that we are perceiving. And so nothing's truly independent. And so emptiness is just, it's a very, it's a term to pretty much sum up all those ideas into this concept that like there is no self. I am not independent of this person, of this environment, of this feeling, of the sensation, of this experience. It's all one. Correct. And I I feel like over the last few years, maybe oneness has been misinterpreted. Um, it's maybe too simplified and it it, it is a simple concept you know it is a very simple concept but it's it's easily misconstrued it's easy to like start talking or speak to these things in like a reductionist manner and it's um because we've had this conversation during the last month in between recording that like some of these concepts it's ineffable like ineffable like it's hard to describe in Mm -hmm. words like Mm -hmm. language is amazing because it does give us the the means to communicate abstract ideas Mm -hmm. but language only goes so far there's a lot of things that a lot of our perception experiences and these ideas that are hard to explain in words and one of the most beautiful things that i watched over the last month was um a monk from Tibet. He, uh, I forget which tribe he was from, but it's a very specific tribe um, in Tibet. And they were there before the Buddhist monks arrived. And they practiced dream meditation mm-hmm. and dream yoga. And he was at a college giving a, a talk. And the first thing he asked, he's like, what, what do you all know about dream meditation? Have you heard about it? Some people raised their hands. And then he proceeded to say, well, I'm going to try to share some words about it. I'm going to try to share some words about it. Mm-hmm. Try. Like, it's so humbling. Like, what I tell you is only a little bit of mm-hmm. what you're actually going to experience mm-hmm. once you start practicing. Like, words only go so far. And it's and it's because it's also, I feel like, it's so unique to every individual. Mm-hmm. And in the Western idea of things, it's like, well, give me a one, two, three. Give me a how-to. I need you to... You know, and, and rituals make sense to people in the Western. That's why I feel like we've picked up, you know, certain practices that are very ritualistic. What I wanted to make sure that as I adapted meditation into my lifestyle is I wanted to get away from, <clears throat> excuse me, the ritualistic part because a lot of Catholic practice, right, Catholicism is very ritualistic. Like, mm-hmm. When you have a quinceanera, like there's a process of one, two, three in order to feel like you've had a quinceanera, in order to feel like you've had a marriage upon, you know, uh, in, 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 in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. If you didn't complete the ritual, like it wasn't complete. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's very ritualistic, right? And it's derived in faith. Mm-hmm. You know, why do we do these ritualistic things? Because, well, I believe that if I miss a step, then I won't achieve the end result. Mm-hmm. And we come from that programming of if I miss a step, well, maybe I did it wrong. Mm-hmm. And what I found with meditation is that there really is no wrong way to do it. What I found with meditation is once you learn those fundamentals of breathing, once you understand the fundamentals of the intention behind it Mm -hmm. and then once you understand that you get to decide how you do how to utilize it and when to utilize it and you really do have control over it like you can adapt it to your style and you can do moving meditation you can do sitting meditation you can do chanting meditation you can do all the different practices right Right. and it all works right at the end of the day it all works right but it's what's going to work for you as the individual. And and for me, if you were to look at my meditation practice, you would be like, well, that doesn't look like anything else I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of that mm-hmm. because I wanted it to be for, I wanted it to feel like I chose to do this. Yeah. I wasn't told to do this. Therefore, I'm not following anybody's direction. I'm not being told. I'm not being 
directed anywhere yeah you know i'm choosing to follow this path today i'm feeling aggravated today i'm feeling frustrated today i need to sit i need to do a sitting meditation and i'm gonna go sit in quiet and guess what (laughs) over the last month i probably did that four out of the seven nights of the week right for two hours every night wow and i think that's i think actually that kind of meditation though is what um dissuades people from trying it is like the sitting meditation and like in reality meditation or right mindfulness um is really just like remembering to come back to the present Mm -hmm. moment Mm -hmm. it's it's anchoring into your breath and like being fully in the moment and sitting meditation is a great practice but it's not the only meditation accessible to all of us like Mm -hmm. if you are walking and you're being mindful of what your body's doing in the moment and you're you're not getting fixated on thoughts in the past or thoughts in the future and you're here in the moment um and you are engaged in like all five senses Mm -hmm. engaged like then you are practicing walking moving meditation like you are practicing being present and that's what i like um about the translation Mm -hmm. um in sanskrit uh, right mindfulness is samyak smriti smriti i might be pronouncing that incorrectly but smriti means remember mm-hmm. so right mindfulness is remembering to the go, come moment. back to the present moment because most of our suffering right this is mindfulness right mindfulness right med- right meditation it's part of the eightfold path mm-hmm. to release us from suffering and a lot of our suffering is because our thoughts our ideas our identities are stuck in the past or the future or the future correct and not in the present moment and in reality the only time we have control of anything is in the right now yeah, yeah. i can only control what i what i say right now right i can't control what i already said and i don't know what i'm going to say in the future but right now i have full control so why do we spend so much time outside of the present moment We spend so much time outside of what truly matters. We spend so much time outside of this moment in space where you can, one, be out of suffering, two, determine your path, three, make decisions, make choices. But at the same time, it's like, it sounds too easy, therefore it must not be true. Yeah, or like... I think a lot of us just um, can't tolerate like the present because we're not. I see that we're not taught to tolerate it, right? Like we're to either embrace it. forward thinking or we're backwards thinking, or I mean, especially if you're somebody who is dealing with, um, you know, a lot of crappy shit going on in your life right now. Yes, like you don't want to focus on the present. And Correct. Practicing right meditation and right mindfulness um or right concentration i mean that should not be happening alone right like if you are suffering physically psychologically or emotionally like meditation is just one spoke in the wheel of the eightfold path correct right like you also need to make sure that you're taking right action Mm -hmm. that might mean you need to go to the doctor for Mm -hmm. a checkup right Along it might with need meditation. You, you need to go talk right. to that person and apologize. Right, that might, right. yeah, it's it's being having actionable steps as well. Yeah, or like you also have to include right livelihood. If you are unsure of what I'm talking about, go back and listen to our last last episode yes. where we talked about the eightfold path because right meditation is just one spoke in the wheel of um, the eightfold path. So it's not when it's done alone. When meditation is done alone without wisdom. Mm-hmm. And without um, moral or ethical awareness, that's dangerous. It can be harmful. It can be very harmful. I mean, a lot of people that I read, like I was looking up, like what are the dangers of med- meditation? Um, because you hear, I've heard that, like you know, meditation's not for everyone. But a lot of times, it's not for folks who aren't doing anything else, mm-hmm. right? Like who aren't. Um, I feel like I don't want to like victim blame, but it's like. You kind of have to have all these other things in play. Mm-hmm. It's not a panacea. It's not a cure-all. No. Right? Like, it's, it's a tool. Correct. It's a tool in an arsenal of tools that we must have. Right? Because we have we've we touched on that on the last episode, too. It's also making those choices of how to treat your temple. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's understanding that our human biological body needs certain things, and you're also disrespecting yourself by not doing that. So of course you're off balance, yeah. and that's going to affect how you feel about yourself, which is going to affect your thoughts, which is going to affect your spirit, which is going to affect your emotions, which is going to affect your actions, and it's going to create mm-hmm. patterns in your life. And all of a sudden you're living based on you know all of this. It's all connected, and right. the- so I got a good example. So like you know. If you're somebody who has anxiety, there is a lot of research that shows that mindfulness meditation helps with those with like mood disorders and mm-hmm. anxiety disorders. But if you are somebody who has anxiety and you're practicing meditation, but you drink three to four cups of coffee a day, mm-hmm. like meditation most likely won't help you. Correct. Because right? your adrenals are constantly yeah. there. You're always, you know, going, going, going. And I catch myself doing that. I did it this morning. I was like, I just yeah. drank too much coffee. I am way too up there <laughs> yeah. to do this episode. I had to bring myself down. And, you know, one beautiful thing that I've discovered through meditation and why it has really allowed me to open my mind to the other practices that are attached to it that maybe help it, you know, like breath work, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, maybe doing fasting mm-hmm. and, you know, also really addressing the things that I eat in my body, that, mm-hmm. that I eat, that I you consume, that, that I consume, not just, you know, biologically, but also through material, yeah, through, through your things. senses. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's addressing all of the five senses. And I'm like, oh, wow. The one act of just me needing to get rid of this, not get rid of it, but to really understand my anxiety led me to this world of really connecting to my five senses in a way that I hadn't connected before. Because, yes, when I'm in that deep state of meditation, I'm here right now. My body's here. My senses are here. All I smell is here. All I know is here. I'm not anywhere else but here right now. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful because maybe it's it's, it's really all we have. It, it's all we have. is this moment. And, and I find peace to a degree that is undescribable there's i can't put it into words it's an experience that i can't still describe it's you have to experience yeah, it for yourself ineffable, right? it's ineffable like it's mm-hmm. the, one of those experiences of being human that like words just kind of fail us and the description of it but what you touched upon about the senses like Thich Han like really goes into that when he um, discusses the discourse of the four establishments of mm-hmm. mindfulness. So whenever we bring up the discourses, these are sutras or teachings of the Buddha that have been actually written down. And one is the four establishments of mindfulness. And to have um, right mindfulness or right concentration, we do have to incorporate our body, our feelings, our mind, and the constructs of our mind, the, mm-hmm. the objects of our mind, right? Like we have, I mean, Buddha really, I want to say he was the first psychotherapist. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like everything that I have read about Buddhism so far correlates to current modern psychotherapies mm-hmm. and research and psychology. It's, he already thought of it before, long before the profession did. And um, when when we talk about the objects of our mind that is something we can use in meditation as well Mm -hmm. right so there's this concept this idea that like buddhism buddhist meditation we have to like empty the mind but that's erroneous that's Mm -hmm. not what we talk about when we talk about emptiness emptiness is uh, a word that describes the fact that we're not independent of everything else Mm so because we're not independent of everything else we are going to have these constructs in our mind, these mm-hmm. objects in our mind. And one of the forms of meditation is mantra meditation mm-hmm. or contemplative meditation, which mm-hmm. is different from contemplative prayer, if you know about that. But it's basically repeating that mantra. Right. And right? it allows you to transcend thought. Yeah. Right. So it, it really does. And I that was my first, I start, I, I've tried mantra meditation. Mm-hmm. It does help quiet the mind because if you're speaking, you're not really thinking about other things, especially as you start connecting to this mantra, it becomes so repetitive that it it is very transcendent. It's like very... um, uh, It begins to lose its... Meaning. Meaning. And Mm -hmm. it becomes kind of... Just a sound. It becomes an anchor. Just like the way the breath eventually becomes Mm -hmm. an anchor that we can anchor into for meditation. That's what the mantra does for 
the meditator as well. Yes. And I'm going to mention really quick before we continue, um, we got really excited to get started with this episode. Oh, yeah. We didn't what do did the, we miss? Um, just letting you guys know, we are going to have a meditation at the end oh, of this. Oh, yes. We are. I'm going <laughs> to give you a little bit of some Buddhist We have a very uh, short, you know, guided meditation for you. So please stick around at the very end. Um, hopefully, it's a good introduction for us. And it is very Buddhist inspired because we're doing a Buddhist meditation. So um, hopefully, it opens the door for you guys. But yeah, stick around at the very very, very end, um, we have that set up for you, which I'm very excited to do with you all. Um, but coming back to this, you know, connecting to the breath and how powerful you could do the chanting meditation, because think about chanting meditation. You have to breathe in a certain pattern mm -hmm. to keep that chanting going. Mm -hmm. So you're still doing breath work at mm -hmm. that same oh, time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me, I feel like what chanting meditation helped me do was be able to settle the mind so that I can now connect to the body and I was like oh I realized that as I'm chanting I'm breathing in a certain way mm -hmm. and then eventually I let the chant go and then I was like what if I just breathed in that pattern right. and so I started breathing in that pattern and then I would reach those levels of quiet right emptiness the Buddha understood that you cannot have clarity or insight about what you're feeling what you're experiencing you can't have clarity or insight about your life or anything like that until you calm the body mm -hmm. so and you that is why that. meditation is so powerful for um helping those with like mood disorders Correct. because it starts to bring your body out of that like chronic fight or um, fight or flight mode and it brings you into that rest and digest mode yes. right where you can start to be more objective about things you can start to be the observer mm -hmm. of your thoughts and not participating in harmful thoughts and so and as we know as you move away from fight or flight you're activating the different nervous system that allows you to rest to rest that right. that also reduces the production of cortisol mm -hmm. that then produces the hormones that allow you to re so that's how powerful meditation is it right. literally can activate different systems in your body mm -hmm. to help you soothe mm -hmm. to help you relax and by golly help you heal yeah in a certain way that helps you regenerate right right mm -hmm. which is beautiful and powerful and and once you start doing that on a on a continuous basis you can do that in the middle of the day when you're having a stressful right. moment that's what's so beautiful about meditation it's kind of like my pilates routine mm -hmm. that i've recently developed oh, I love which that. I like mm -hmm. I don't, i'm not doing anything with pilates i'm just laying on the ground and doing these weird crunches but if you like really devote yourself to practicing a skill like mm -hmm. Pilates or meditation, um, after a month of doing it, you start to see it happen happening automatically, or you feel it happening automatically. Like I've been doing Pilates for a month, and all of a sudden, I feel like, oh, my posture is better, and I'm not even trying. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying anymore because I've I've worked on those muscles to to train them and to get them fit, and we can do that with our breath. And, and that's why yoga became so powerful, I feel like, for the Western society, where it gave us that introduction for those mm -hmm. of us that had the opportunity to have a really good instructor mm -hmm. that really taught you breath connects to the movement, yeah. right? You don't move without breath. Mm -hmm. And most people breathe as they're trying to I move. catch myself <laughs> all the time during the day not breathing now. Yes. I'll like, and you're I'll like, like, oh, I'm not breathing. Yeah. And then I'm all of a sudden you're like, you realize why, you're, why your shoulders were so tense. And you, yeah. I, I clench my jaw mm -hmm. when I'm not breathing. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, no wonder I've literally gave myself what a headache. Is, what is that doing to your body, right? Like it's, it's no good. Um, and then with right mindfulness and practicing this tool every day, you begin to develop like these auxiliary benefits mm -hmm. like um, compassion, mm -hmm. right? Empathy mm -hmm. for yourself and for others. So there's a lot of benefits to it. And I thought I wrote them down. But I and I think right now that you say empathy for others, that is a, a huge one for me because for a very long time after I escaped my Catholic religion, I felt very disconnected from people. Mm. And I thought that's how it was supposed to be. Mm. Mm -hmm. And reconnecting myself with self and, and discovering oneness, I've discovered a whole new appreciation and respect and love just for other human beings. Yeah. 
and I've embraced community in a whole new way. I've um, looking at. I've uh, I've understood that as you do one thing, you do everything. So when I'm in that crazy fight or flight response, and then I have that clarity moment of I need to come back to the now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how you do one thing is how you do everything Mm -hmm. all of a sudden the decisions i'm making are different i'm much more confident Mm -hmm. in the decision i'm not wishy-washy i'm not oh man i hope i made the right choice much more calm in your decision yes because i felt like i i came from a space of of knowingness that i have made the right decision for where i'm at in the space of time is there still an uneasiness because of unknowingness absolutely that's just Mm -hmm part of the human psychology but I'm much more confident and I'm much more accepting of the unknown Mm -hmm. and I'm much more embracing of well you know what I made the decision so whatever comes will come Mm -hmm. and if it if it's not what I expected I will cross that bridge when it comes to it but I'm not going to worry about it right now I'm going to enjoy the moment right now right now this feels really fucking good so you know what I'm going to enjoy it and I've allowed I feel like also meditation has allowed me to really enjoy the beauty and that surrounds me, yeah, and embrace it. I I hundred percent agree, and I think that's totally connected to um, the seven miracles of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So I'm referring to the source I've been using for the past two episodes, three episodes: the Heart of Buddha's Teaching, Transforming Suffering into Peace, Joy, and Liberation by Thich Nhat Hanh. And he discusses the seven miracles of mindfulness and what you're saying about empathy and like really just enjoying like the simple things. Well, the very first miracle of mindfulness allows us to be present and to like touch deeply, like quote unquote, touch deeply mm-hmm. the, the moment. Mm-hmm. So in other words, to like sense deeply or to experience all senses when you are completely in fully in a moment when all your senses are engaged mm-hmm. um you see things mm-hmm. differently you, do. you feel things differently you do right like it, you're no longer operating from these this place of like oh what is cool what what should i be paying no, attention to it's what how should i for me yeah yeah it definitely becomes more simple just to exist then the second miracle is that um, you make what you're sensing present. Mm-hmm. So this has this goes back to this like idea of emptiness that we're not independent of each other. That there's dependent origination. Like you exist because I exist, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, we make what we are being present with. We also make them present. Mm-hmm. So when I am fully present with you, Marcella, like I, you are now going to be present. Correct. I mean that that is so powerful on many levels like mm-hmm. energetically we feel that and then it's that reciprocal energy and so you mm-hmm. cre- that's powerful because mm-hmm. you create the energy i reciprocate and you reciprocate at the same time and now it's very yeah. reciprocal and it's i mean we've all been with somebody expands. who's not present in the moment oh yeah and it, depletes and it feels it energy. feels shitty yeah it feels because it depletes energy versus right. when people are very present it feels mm-hmm. very expansive it feels right. very like right. I love this. Like, yeah. I want to be around this person a whole lot more because you make me feel seen. You make me feel right. heard. And that, what if is not what other human beings wanting, but that yeah. to be seen and to be heard and to be acknowledged because that's what makes us feel loved. And that's the third miracle, which is to nourish the object of your attention. Mm-hmm. So when you're just naturally present, like you're, you're feeding into that person or that thing, like you're giving it your full attention. So by giving it your full attention, it you're can, nourishing it. Correct. Right? And that could be your cat, that could be your dog, that could be the tree, that could be the grass, the sky, whatever it is, like our perception is our reality. And what we have to realize that through serving others, we serve ourselves. So as you're nourishing through your attention, Mm -hmm. you're nourishing yourself as well because you're Mm -hmm. giving yourself that present moment gift. Exactly. It's the gift of the present moment. And I know what that feels like. It's just, it's glorious because you're really not worried about anything else. Yeah. And it's a beautiful feeling of just like, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Like I said, you have to experience it for yourself. You know, the fourth one. Yeah. Relieve the other suffering. And Thich Nhat Hanh said, you can say this with words. I know you're suffering. Or just by the way you look at them. 
If you are not truly present, if you're thinking about other things, the miracle of relieving suffering cannot be realized. And so the power of just being present with somebody, especially so when they're suffering. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times people don't want advice when they're no. truly suffering. They, they just, just want someone want to, to hear them and witnessed. Yeah. And held in that moment. Like, yeah, this sucks. Mm-hmm. And so if you can offer your presence and be fully present, mindful in that moment, you have the opportunity to help alleviate someone's suffering. Yes. Right? Yes. And this could be physical, emotional, and psychological pain. And then that leads you into that fifth one of looking deeply. That's Mm -hmm. connecting with others, connecting with yourself. You know, I added, you know, this idea that Buddha invites us to find bliss through meditation because it's becoming aware Mm -hmm. and you're becoming mindful. Mm -hmm. You know, you're embracing this it's like that infinity right it's aware and mindful aware and mindful and like Mm -hmm. you you envelop yourself in this cyclical beautiful energy and now it's like you're connecting with others you're connecting with yourself it's healing it's empowering right Mm -hmm. because you're in the moment that you can control how empowering is that right and it starts with mere recognition of mm-hmm. like what's going on in your body, what's going right on now. around you. So like mm-hmm. a very simple step towards meditation is in the moment, even right now as you're listening, mm-hmm. is asking yourself, how does my body feel right now? Where am I sitting? Where am I? How am I sitting? Am I standing? Like it sounds how does this silly to like feel. This feels cold. This feels warm. Right. How does the temperature feel in the room? Like simple things like that. That is a step towards mindfulness and awareness. And then that leads into this beautiful correlation of understanding where understanding is the very foundation of love love. and that is the sixth sixth miracle of mindfulness is once you're fully present with somebody you see them deeply you understand them deeply or even not just with somebody but with something or an experience or a moment love right Mm -hmm. you can feel those moments of love you can feel those moments of right the universe loving on you right you've you've held those moments Mm -hmm. where it's like you're not around with anyone but you things are flowing so beautiful in your life that you're just like i feel like i'm being loved on right now so much by like everything and everyone right like but it's because i'm so present in those moments it's because i'm going through all of this without knowing i'm doing all these steps i'm doing them right and Mm -hmm. it's leading to this understanding and then it's like this love and appreciation for where i am Mm -hmm. it's this understanding and love and appreciation for who the people that are surrounding me and the things that they bring to me and that like how things are flourishing and when you have you know i read i heard something from michael j fox this week um that gratitude Brie uh, is oh, how was it? I remember that post. It was like gratitude. Um, uh, it basically says gratitude allows you to stay optimistic always. Yeah, I feel that for you sure. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it allows you to stay optimistic about life. And he said, you know, I have every excuse to not be optimistic about mm-hmm. life. Yet I still wake up every day knowing that I have a really good life. I've lived a really good life. I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm grateful. And every day I find something to look forward to and that's what keeps me going. Right. You know, and I just watching that little video this week was a huge, like a beautiful like summary of like this past month of like, that's what's helped me is yeah. staying gratitude, staying present, knowing that right now is all I get to control. Do mm-hmm. I have excuses to cry and to feel like life is like beating me up? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. but those are just part of the challenges. Life is happening for me, not to me. Yeah. I get the chance to see and and feel and make choices and act upon, right? So it's right. like it's happening for me, not to me. When you take yourself out of the victim mindset, then you're able to transform, which, which is, is the miracle yeah. number seven. Yeah. So once you are able to make the present a regular practice where you are able to sense the world around you fully with all five senses, where you're able to really be present with other people and those around you and nourish and relieve other people's suffering just by you offering your presence, mm-hmm. um, then you can begin to look deeply, mm-hmm. understand, and then that's where the transformation is going to yes. happen. Yes, because you have a newfound love, appreciation, newfound connection. You you feel seen. You feel mm-hmm. adored, yeah. right? Even if no one's loving on you, you feel adored because the universe is 
quote unquote, the universe is taking care of you, Mm -hmm. but it's you taking care of you because you're in that right mindset. You're making the right action. You're having the right thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. Right meditation, et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera, using the eightfold path. And I'm not saying that life's always going to be simple no, and butterflies. No. And it's and, and, and if you do this, that your whole world is going right, to be like right. fixed. That's not no, what no, I'm no. saying at all. We're, However, we're constantly challenged. Yes. You know, you're constantly challenged by life events, um, adverse experiences, um, death and pain. It's it's to be human is really, really, really hard. It is. Um, but there are things that are within our agency and our power where we can alleviate some of it. And I... There, the neuroscience behind this mm-hmm. is that when we are constantly in a state of chronic stress, um, there's a lot going on chemically in our body. There's a lot going on hormonally um, in our brain. Like a lot of the blood flow mm-hmm. gets shunted from our prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. to like our, our reptilian brain. And we lose the ability to be creative well i mean you're not getting enough oxygen to the things that need oxygen right but that's that's an evolutionary thing i mean it serves a purpose Mm -hmm. when you are facing a threat like your body needs to adapt to that threat quickly Mm -hmm. and so it does have a purpose but in our modern lifestyle like we have a lot of threats that don't resemble the threats we've evolved with and so and a lot of us are living with chronic stress yes and when you are in chronic stress you can't think creatively. Mm-mm. You're not going to be mindful or um, what's the word? Aware of like the potentials and possibilities that mm-hmm. are open to you. Mm-hmm. So when you can get your body and mind into a state of calmness, of oneness, of right meditation, many opportunities open up to you right. that you weren't able to recognize before because right. you were in the state of chronic stress of fight or flight mm-hmm. or i just got a a lot of us are in survival mode yeah or even freeze the new mm-hmm. the new one is freeze people are just in freeze mode no freeze has been around for a while fawning, fawning. is starting That's to the one i wanted to more yes. people are starting i think i'm more of a freezer than a fawner but Me too. um yeah so it's like meditation is a tool for us to kind of to get out of that state of chronic stress and which allows your body to then create different chemicals that allow your body then to relax, to yeah. allow your body then to actually be present, yeah. right? Because you yeah. can't really be present if you're stressed out. Like, it's really, really hard. No, no. And, I mean, a lot of people are in survival mode. It's really hard to make ends meet. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think this is an accessible tool to folks of any um, socioeconomic status, right? right. Like, and, and it's and it's integrating meditation to alleviate the suffering that we're surrounding ourselves with, to also reduce the fight or flight response in our body, so that we're not in chronic stress, which is going to trigger you to be possibly, you know, aggravated by chronic illness and chronic disease. Mm-hmm. We don't. We we know that stress is the catalyst to so many underlying conditions. Mm-hmm. Like once trust, like once you have constant stress, you know you can trigger certain underlying chronic diseases because of your unique composition and your unique DNA. You know, like nervous system issues is a huge one, right? And autoimmune diseases is a huge one that have stemmed from chronic stress. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just the fact that stress is the catalyst that then creates these other you know conditions in your body and it's like you've created the perfect environment for these things to thrive now when i started understanding that i was creating the perfect environment for you know all of these other things like cancer to you know procreate and i was like i can change that you know Mm -hmm. i I possibly Mm -hmm. and not that i'm saying that i have the cure-all for cancer but i'm just using an example because we know that stress can also you know correlate to that i'm just saying Getting our bodies out of the parasympathetic versus sympathetic system, Mm -hmm. right? Allowing our bodies to now create those chemicals that allow us to relax, that allow us to then slow down so that we can see the bigger picture. Yeah. So that we can see observers, so that we can now be like, maybe let me explore this option and explore this option. And it's not living in the future. Mm -hmm. It's more being... a conscious mm-hmm. of the choices that you get to make right and, and that's when, the difference when you're stressed out you don't see those choices it's hard you're just in survival mode and you're kind of just relying on the things that have worked in the past 
And there's also, I mean, like we said, meditation is not a cure-all for society's ills, right? Like, we do need to have, like, social um, and welfare supports for Mm -hmm. people. Like, because this is just one thing in the Eightfold Path. If people are unable to access, like, nutritious food Mm -hmm. to feed themselves and keep themselves healthy meditation's not gonna like be they're gonna be forced to be doing the not so right actions right too right they're they're limited in their choices and they're Mm -hmm. probably in survival mode and experiencing stress and all that stuff so it's like this is a good tool to have but it's not the panacea exactly not the silver bullet and as we were getting ready for the episode you know i was like you know what are some of the questions that people are thinking about meditation and something that came up for me i was like well meditation is is, allows us to slow down the, the body and the mind is it being used in like you know the therapist field where that's really what they're focusing on is understanding the mind and you know i'm glad that you know you answered the question um through our notes um because that those were all things that i hadn't even like seen or been or had heard about yeah that is using meditation john kabat-zinn's mindfulness based stress reduction um therapy that developed in like the late 70s i think and I mean, meditation's at the heart of it, mm-hmm. and it was first developed for chronic pain mm-hmm. patients, and then um, it just kind of it just kind of grew from there. I mean, like I said earlier, like what Buddha put forward about the connection between the mind and the body and suffering, and the need to like calm and ease the body so that way we can have insight mm-hmm. and clarity. I mean. A lot of that is foundational to so many um, talk therapies and um, somatic-based therapies. And we had a huge um, Zen Buddhist Mm -hmm. um, movement in the United States over the last, I want to say, like 100 100 years or so. And so a lot of the um, practices in the United States, especially in therapy, it's kind of, they're all based in Zen. But I mean, it's all generally the same. Right slowing the body down getting back into the body and out of out of the 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 monkey brain mm-hmm. right and like slowing it down enough so you can start to really see and be objective about what's going on mm-hmm. and also for pain management if mindfulness-based stress reduction works for pain management like that is an actual real physical manifestation of stress like yes you, can you imagine what it can do for psychological or emotional pain? Like, it is it is very, very um, robust. Mm-hmm. But going back to what we said at the beginning of the episode, you can't have it without it can't wisdom be the only thing. or ethical awareness. And Correct. that's why that leads us to, like, our last question. Mm-hmm. You asked, like, do we need a teacher? Mm-hmm. Do I need a teacher to teach me meditation? And I was like, yes and no. Correct. I, I think so, too. Yes and, I, and no. I don't feel like it needs to be, like, a physical teacher in the room with you or, like, a monk, a Buddhist monk. Like, you can go on to YouTube and find a guided meditation that's geared towards what you want to achieve with meditation. Um, but I do think it's important to have a sangha, mm-hmm. a community of people who are also practicing or maybe okay. a friend who's practicing or I think at the very least, like if something comes up for you in meditation that makes you uncomfortable, that's something to follow. Mm-hmm. Like that's something to follow up on. Like yeah. talk to somebody about it. Yes. Maybe go. There's so many like Buddhist temples around here. You go talk to a Buddhist monk for free or go talk to a therapist or whatever. But like meditation should not be scary. Yeah. It should not feel, fill you with fear. And if things come up that make you feel that way, like there's maybe some unresolved wounding or something going on in your psyche that you might want to address. And that is also the beauty of meditation. Like if you have the right guidance, like you might come to some real healing Mm -hmm. that was initiated through meditation. Correct. And that's what I've, that's what's happened with me. Mm -hmm. You know, for the, for a very brief moment in my early meditation practice, I did get scared because I still have a lot of the dogmatic Catholic, Catholic programming Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of, you know, 
things that you don't understand you yeah, do you don't evil wanna, you don't want to become possessed or correct by a and even though like i didn't that. quote unquote believe in those things all of a sudden they would come up and i was like but i thought i didn't believe in that anymore you know what i mean yeah, i was like yeah. so what is it that what is this fear response that's coming and as i would explore that I did surround myself with a community Mm -hmm. while I was going through those very iffy, questionable moments of my Mm -hmm. meditation practice. It was an online community. It was a physical community. You know, where focus goes, energy flows, you guys. So before I know it, I had, you know, people around me. And that's literally around the time that Brittany and I started to connect a little Mm -hmm. bit more, too, because Mm -hmm. that's where my energy had opened up to. Mm -hmm. I had I wanted this community where I could ask them, where I could talk to them. There are a lot of like online communities where you could Zoom Mm -hmm. with a practitioner. I I Zoomed with so many with three different people around the United States Mm -hmm. because I was very much at that moment of I need community because No one in my direct circle is going through what I thought no one was. Turns out, once I started talking about it, my cousin was going through similar experiences, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, had I brought it up, maybe her and I would have connected a lot sooner. Yeah. And it's just like, I thought I was the only one going through it. And it was until someone said, you're not the only one going through this. Mm -hmm. You just don't talk about it enough. Mm -hmm. And you think you have to select who you talk to things about, which is fine because you feel like you're going to be judged, Mm -hmm. right? I wasn't sharing it with most of my family because they already thought I was crazy for all the different phases that I'd gone through. (laughs) So they'd probably just dismiss this as one more phase that Marcella is going through, you know what I mean? And so I was like, I'm not going to bring it up with them and they're not going to understand. Definitely not going to bring it up with my friends because, you know, they've only seen this part of me and like they're just going to start judging me and maybe they're not going to like me anymore i'm definitely going to share it with work because you know work is work marcella and that's professional marcella and it wasn't until i was like just talk about it and i did i literally started talking about it on social media Brittany messaged me i met up for coffee start and then i did a i ended up doing a live with like a someone that did a reading for me which was great but it opened up the window to connect with more people and it was just crazy once i met community I found the teachers, and then right. I found the guidance. Not only that, I brought up YouTube, but, like, every exercise app that I know of also has, like, meditation, guided mm-hmm. meditations on them. Like, the Peloton app, the Apple Fitness, like, um, they have meditation. And so, there are, oh, I also like to use Insight Timer. Mm-hmm. There's the Calm app. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many ways to get started, um, but I just hope people who are hearing this, like, there's really nothing to be fearful about and like if you start to hear voices that you haven't heard before i i would just recommend like being a little curious about it i mean the premise of meditation is that you're not judging what comes up for you right like it's about slowing down and not having any judgment Mm -hmm. because the mind is wild Mm -hmm. right like we have especially as you get older like we have so many years of imprinting and um social construction of the mind that like you there's things that are buried down there that might come up and so Mm -hmm. i think that's just why we want to be careful and like maybe find somebody to talk about is because those of us who might have some like block trauma that Mm -hmm. they aren't aware of that might come out and so um, and then the other thing too yeah. that comes up for a lot of people is, is I don't I, I can't meditate because I can't shut off my mind and I feel like that's a common misconception of meditation. Yeah, it's that it's, emptiness word that gets thrown. Like you're shutting not, off your you're mind. You're not supposed to empty your no, mind. You're, it's impossible. If it you is, shut off your mind, you're dead. Exactly. <laughs> so once I got past that misconception, I was like, oh, it's just about knowing how to control the mind yeah. and the things that are coming up, it's you know? Not, I wouldn't and not even, even control. control. Yeah, it's it about is. that non-attachment. It's just awareness. It's, it's just non-attachment yes. to what's happening in your mind. You're yeah, not correct. judging what's coming up for you. That's hard for a lot of people. Right. Our brain is designed to judge and evaluate And it's more of you just us. observing it and observing the next one and observing the next yeah. one and observing the next yeah. one and then other types of meditation like you could do the mantra meditation mm-hmm. where you could choose a positive affirmation for mm-hmm. yourself like i'm going to be doing a meta, meta meditation for you all which is the love and kindness meditation mm-hmm. and um it's about having positive words for yourself and others and so for those of you who might be fearful of like negative things that come up or thoughts that come up during meditation maybe start with an affirmation guided meditation Mm -hmm. or a mantra meditation where you're repeating these positive phrases to yourself and 
that's another thing that's backed by neuroscience. And mm-hmm. I know we've talked about toxic or false positivity, but um, we do know that there's science that supports the more that you can speak to yourself in a positive way mm-hmm. with compassion and empathy, people tend to have better outcomes in life. Correct. And so um, all of this stuff, if you want it to work for you, it can work for you. Mm-hmm. If you approach it fearfully, you're gonna, that's what you're going to get. Exactly. You get what you put into something. Right. So if you treat it this way, it's going to respond that way. And for me, you know, I'm excited to do this guided meditation with you all. Um, we're going to really connect to the breath and spend some time with the breathing because at the end of the day, if you can truly connect with your breath, what I have found is that throughout the day when I don't have 20 minutes or two hours or even five minutes to meditate, if I can find 30 seconds to a minute and I can connect with my breath, I can reactivate you know, that I can get out of the fight or flight. I can get out of the stress response and then I'm able to slow down. I'm able to come back to the present moment. And that's mainly what the breath work, what breath would do is allow me to come back to present because you can't really be anywhere else if you're thinking about breathing. If you're thinking about breathing, you're right here, right now. You're feeling your lungs expand. You're feeling how the air is and coming through your nostrils, how it's expanding your lungs. It's feeling and expanding your diaphragm. Like if you're really concentrating on your breath, you are right here, right now. And that's what we want you guys to achieve. You don't have to fully concentrate the heart. Some people might freak out about that. Because I I don't like focusing on the feeling of my heart beating. It freaks me out. So, um, like, focusing just on how, like, globally, how you feel globally. Like, Mm -hmm. the whole body. How does the whole body feel as you're sitting? Mm -hmm. And so, for today's um, meditation, I am going to be reading a little bit from the Discourse on the Full Awareness of Breathing. This is another sutra by Buddha. So, this is something you can look up if you want to. Um, I'll only read a few lines of this. And the purpose of doing this is to get you, the listener, to kind of anchor into your breath and have that be your focus. And then I'll guide you into the meta meditation. With the meta meditation, um, I I will be saying phrases and I recommend that you repeat them to yourself. Um, you don't have to say them out loud. If you don't want to repeat them to yourself because you feel like that's too much, no problem. Just go ahead and listen fully. And to meditate, you don't have to sit on the floor and cross your legs. You can sit on a chair. You can have your feet just planted on the ground. And you can sit comfortably with your palms up on your knees or your palms down on your, not your knees, your lap. Um, you know, just have something supporting your back if you have a tough time sitting up straight. It's okay to have things that help you feel more comfortable yeah. so that you're not thinking about your body, so that you're not thinking about the pain or the kink, right? You don't have to sit an old school cross-legged on the floor, no. suffer through it meditation. And you can lie down too. You yes, just you don't can. want to get too comfortable because you don't asleep. want to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. But um, you can go ahead and lie down if you want. So if you're listening, go ahead and get comfortable. Find a place to sit or lie down. So to, to begin, just something that I have learned about the vagus nerve, which the vagus nerve you know allows you when you can relax it, it allows you to get out of your stress response a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what a sigh and a ah will help us do. Mm-hmm. So take a deep breath, everybody. And as you exhale, let out a and feel literally how your torso relaxes with the breathing in I know I am breathing breathing out I know I am breathing breathing in I'm aware of my whole body breathing out I'm aware of my whole body. Breathing in, I calm my whole body. Breathing out, I calm my whole body. All right, the meta meditation begins now. You may repeat the phrases or you can follow along. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. 
May I be well. Think of somebody close to you that you love. As I repeat these phrases, think of them. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be well. Next, think of someone you have neutral feelings for. It could be a coworker, a sibling, or someone you just met. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be well. The next one might be a little bit challenging. I want you to think of someone you have negative feelings about. We're going to send them loving kindness. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be well. The last one, we are going to think of all beings, including ourselves. May we be happy. May we be peaceful. May we be well. And that is the Meta Meditation. I like this one a lot because it inherently is gratitude. It is. And through loving kindness, as I said earlier, as we serve others, we serve ourselves. Mm. You know, you project loving kindness to others. You can't help but feel that love and kindness in your body. And as you feel love and kindness, you get to experience it. Therefore, you get love and kindness. And how powerful is it? I know it's hard for some of us to think of that person we have negative thoughts for and send them love and kindness. It's very um, forgiving. Yeah. It's like you're reaching and forgiveness. You get, to, you get to choose the person. Yes. So if somebody's truly wronged you and you're not ready to forgive them, you don't have to choose them. Yeah, Just choose, choose somebody else. Because we all know not everybody likes us and we all don't like everyone. So, you know, I really enjoyed that. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Um, I recommend the- you look it up if you are interested in continuing a meta meditation practice. There are different phrases you can say. Mm-hmm. I use the traditional phrases, but... I really like the phrases like, may you be free of pain, may you find deep joy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And of course, because this is a very well-known, well-practiced meditation, you can certainly find guided meditations. And it's M-E-T-T-A, meta meditation. Yes. You can find breath meditation. Mm -hmm. You can find movement meditation. You know, what movement meditation allows you to do is you know most of us are very um have very similar kind of day-to-days right so it allows you to find the beauty in the in the the day-to-day it allows you to find the beauty in the things that are quote-unquote the same so like i practice moving meditation like on when i go to work i take the same route to work so Mm -hmm. i need to find new appreciation for that so i find new things to appreciate and so little things like that How you do one thing is how you do everything. You know, it allows me to appreciate the little moments. It allows Mm -hmm. me to appreciate, you know, a a little kid like looking at me and like Mm -hmm. smiling sometimes tears me up because it allows me to be so present in that moment with that child. Like, why would this kid look at me and smile at me like that? You know, but it was the fact that I took the moment to be aware of it, to embrace it, to acknowledge it. And I like felt it in my body. And And so you imagine the change in the world if everybody was doing this, mm -hmm. if everybody was practicing presence and relieving each other's suffering just by being present in the moment with that person like we would have we would have less violence we would have less strife i think it would be a beautiful world so absolutely and i mean don't get me wrong we know that the bad seeds still exist but Mm. i feel like not not as many people would be influenced by those seeds if we all practice this exactly and 
as you've said many times, Marcella, like when you serve yourself in this way, you're serving others. Mm -hmm. It is a gift to bring your presence, your equanimity, your calmness to the table. Mm -hmm. And when you're calm, you're creative. Mm -hmm. When you're calm, you could see the opportunities that you may not have seen before. And you have no idea how much those decisions can also impact others. And so that also brings in, you know, you leaving a mark and you also leaving a legacy behind in a much more deeper spiritual manner. So with that, we thank you guys for joining us back and uh, helping us wrap up our Buddhism mini-series. Stay tuned for our next episode. We will be back in two weeks. And we are going to finish up today's episode um, with Brittany reading from The Starseed with Wisdom for Spiritual Growth by Nari Anastasia. All right, let's see what we have here. Meditation. (laughs) (laughs) Every single time. So the card I pulled is titled Meditation. Take a moment to connect to source through quiet, reflective meditation. You heard it from us. You heard it from the universe. So give it a try. Let us know what you think. Thank you for joining us today. Goodbye, space babies. Bye. We loved having you on board this episode. Join us next time as we set course on all things spiritual, psychological, and astrological. Follow and rate us wherever you hear this transmission. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Grounded Space Cadets. Until next time, take care and be well, space babies.